Jersey is the world. Hi, everybody. Chris Gethard here. Welcome, as always, to New Jersey is the world, your weekly celebration of New Jersey's culture, history, food, idiocy, nostalgia, road routes lately, notable people, all sorts of stuff. If it relates to New Jersey, we want to take a closer look at it. You know that. You know that. This week's episode, Mike T came up with a topic, sweet and simple. Was New Jersey better in 1977 or 2023? He went and researched a whole bunch of aspects of New Jersey life back then, compared them to the things we have now, and me, Mike T, and Vonna Dooch got to have a little debate where we went point by point and said, when was it better? Now, how does this episode end? I don't know. You and I are going to find out together. Because I'm not trying to put any spoilers out there, and also not acting like this is a huge deal, but... Uh, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that there's something that is constantly threatened, and it finally happened. And I'll leave it at that. Enjoy the episode, everybody. Hi, everybody. Welcome to New Jersey is the World. It's Town yet again. Me, Mike D, Bonaduce, we're back. A project started in the pandemic, so some bored friends who grew up together can hang out, and that now extends past the pandemic, even though the pandemic's still happening, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Is it so we can all still have an excuse to hang out. How are you doing tonight, Bonaduce? Oh, fantastic. It's Tuesday. Uh, I'm still alive and, uh, you know, it's getting warm out there, Getting going right into summer. It really has turned a corner hard the past few days. Mike D, are you enjoying these this handful of days where New Jersey's perfect? Yes. Not only has it made my, my morning run more enjoyable, I've just gotten in the habit now because I, like many people, mainly work from home, I can just take my laptop and sit on my back stoop and work work in the sunshine, which is kind of a nice thing. Um, rub it in, Mike. Rub it in. Good, you know. Beautiful thing. Uh, I do want to note, as mentioned, it is Tuesday. This means that as we're recording, I am currently on duty as an ambulance driver in my small town in Morris County, New Jersey, as I always like to mention when we record on Tuesdays. So if you hear a crazy blaring and then my footsteps as I run away, Nick and Mike will finish the episode. Hasn't happened yet in all these weeks of me teasing it. Uh, maybe tonight's I don't think I don't think you're really part of the rescue squad. Look at that. You're trying to jinx me. You're trying to jinx me out here, man. No, not at all. I'm hoping it's like Ghostbusters. The alarm goes off and you run and slide down a pole in your house that we've never seen before to get to the first floor. Oh, I wish. Oh, I tell you what, I did just find out. So the firehouse in my town has like a bar upstairs. Yes. I think that's how they used to get people to join. It's, it's one of the only liquor licenses in town. It's a small town. They actually have a liquor license? Awesome. They have a liquor license and there's like a meeting area. And I just found out as a member of the squad, I don't have to pay to rent it out for parties. So if we ever want to throw a shindig. Dude, cheap beer. You should join the, fi- you should become a firefighter too. You think so? I mean, you got to go to firefighter school for that. Even the volunteers, they go to school. That's all right. I why, I, I'm already, you're already like, Chris, when do you sleep? <laughs> That's what I, I just figured one of those people that operates on about 45 minutes of sleep. Yeah, for, I did forever. I used to be really good at it. And it turns out as you hit your 40s, that shit catches up with you. Yeah, it's impossible. 42 is the number for me where I could no longer like function on two hours of sleep. As soon as I got that hernia surgery, I, I was old. Before that, I was hanging on to some youth and now I'm 
old. Hey, somebody left a comment on our Patreon. And before we even get in today's episode, I got to ask you guys if you saw it. Uh-oh. We talked in the Summer Olympics episode, the Summer Games episode. People are loving that one, leaving a lot of comments. Some good ideas, too. Uh, some really good ideas. And then someone put a thing. Uh, Pete left a comment. Speaking of the cannonball run idea, I recently found a route online where someone mapped an off-road route from High Point to Cape May without touching pavement. Oh, yeah, that's the People thing. call it the Trans-New Jersey Trail. I found this thing online. It's really big down here to drive through the Pine Barrens. There's like a, the Buggy Association, I believe. is. Uh... Dude, they got the whole route online. You can, you can, I mean, it looks like you need like a for real 4x4 or like a trail motorcycle. Can't go messing around with your car. So there's areas nah, where you're you driving gotta, like, through be water and shit. Oh, yeah. But, dudes, there's a way that you can drive from High Point all the Cape, all the way to Cape May off-roading the entire way, and it's all legal. It's all legally accessible trails. You better have, like, chainsaws, like, uh, you know, uh, a wench on your truck. like Or you could just, you could just run flares. it and not have to worry about any of that. <laughs> it says with the car, it takes three days. Wow. We got to do it, right? I would do it. There's parts to the Pine Barren that, like, when it rains, like... The water's like four feet deep. And it runs red. Especially from like Fork from Forked River down to Waretown. If you look to the right when you're going south, there's like you'll see the power lines coming from Oyster Creek, but that's a big, big off road area and it's notoriously like flooded. We could rent like a couple of um like Enduro motorcycles and do it. Not that any of us know how to operate one of those, but we'll have to oh, learn on the, we'll have to learn on the on the job. I feel like at some point we got to try. I feel like that's what we'll do is we'll keep doing this thing as long as it's fun. And when we're all like, you know what, maybe it's time to wrap it up. We'll go do this insane trans trail and invite as many listeners as want to join to come off-roading from High Point to Cape May. That's what we'll do. You know, there's, you know, there's like listeners that have like awesome, like off-road rigs. That's what I, and the whole, it'll look like Mad Max out there. It'll look like Mad Hell Max, yeah. man. While everybody gets to wear like crazy gladiator gear and shit like that. I was thinking for us, though, the three of us, we could ride in that uh, birthday cake parade float car from the end of Revenge of the Nerds. The three of us will drive <laughs> oh, that yeah. from High Point. That, or, I mean, Animal House, the one from Animal or House. Animal House, sorry. Yes. Yeah. But I think they both have floats that go rogue. We should see if Pete Genovese will let us borrow the Munchmobile. Mm. Well, we got an inside, right? We wouldn't starve if yeah, we had the Munchmobile. That is true. It's filled with hot dogs and stale buns. I love it. Now, Mike D. Last week we were joking, saying, you know, this feels like a Gethard topic, but it was Mike D. Summer games, everybody pitch your bits. That's my style. This week you also came up with the idea, and it is much more in your style. I've been running around like a madman all day, dealing with a whole bunch of stuff. Checked it shortly before the episode and said, I'm not even going to read the rest of this. I don't know how you have time, because you're a hardworking guy. There's a whole chart on our shared document here, and it's... Perfect. And Bonaduce doesn't know what's coming. Mike, how did you have time to th- throw this together today? Uh, I always have, I'm always kind of like picking away at a bunch of ideas, you know? So I'll kind of like build things up over time and then like uh, paste them in here when I feel like they're worthy of our audience. Mm-hmm. This didn't just start happening. This was no, uh, I always like, have a connected couple to of- our last conversation about how Mighty lures you into like. <laughs> some plot that he's been thinking about for a long time and he's thought of every way that somebody would say they didn't want to do it and then convince you to do it so this is part of his mo to call back to a previous episode that so which is why i thought this was a great 
topic for us to discuss tonight. You, you mentioned on, on our last episode, Chris, that you were shocked that any of us survived childhood because we grew up and none of us had ever had a glass of water. We only drank uh, Kool-Aid and Capri Sun. Yoo-hoo. You guys were playing Death Hawk around in the backyard. Yeah. Diet iced tea. I, I was raised on saccharin. For for various other other reasons, I was I was nostalgic about the past today. Not that that's anything new for this show. But it, it got me thinking, what things in New Jersey drastically changed between 1977, which is the year that, that I was born, and also Bonaduce, and 2023? So I, I've gone through and I've created a chart and I, I've hit on a bunch of different topics, you know, some that are demographic and then some that are cultural. And I figured out what the state of them was in 1977 and what the state of them is right now in 2023. So I thought we could go through these topics and decide whether certain things were better in 1977 or they're better in 2023 in New Jersey. So basically New, New Jer- a New Jersey snapshot we're going to look at 77, 2023, try to suss out which was better, straight up. Debate debate whether things were better in the past or better now. I'll also tell you this before we get into it, because like you were saying, you're joking about how Mike D is somebody who can rope you into stuff. Mike, just the other day, I uh, so my mother-in-law moved to Jersey. We moved my mother-in-law to Jersey. Nice. And... Long, boring story. We had to rent a U-Haul to get some furniture down to her from our house. Hallie was driving the U-Haul home. I knew it was going to take her a little longer because she had to drop the thing off. I said, I'll take the scenic route with Cal. I avoided the highways. Bad idea. You know what it took me right by? Blairsden. Oh, right by you? the turn for Blairsden, which is the mansion Mike and I got pulled over trying to break into. Did you stop? And only his poorly trained dog... <laughs> Saves us. Well, I didn't realize. I was like, I've been to this area before. And I took some scenic turns. I was uh, down there off of 202, Somerset County. But I knew I, it's. You ever drive up there in those Somerset Hills, man? That's where it's like Illuminati level New Jersey. That's where it's like, yeah, people have a mansion literally on a mountaintop, and you can see it from across a ravine, and you can't figure out how they even get to it. Like, that's crazy. So I was driving around up in there, killing some time. Me and Cal, so I wasn't going to get out of the car or anything. I had the baby in the car, but I was like, ooh, I know why I recognize this. I'm right next to Blairsden, and I basically, if I made a left, I would have gone up towards Blairsden and made a rest. I said, I got to come back here, man. Let's go. got to come back here. We still got to get in that fucking place. I mean, I think we owe it to ourselves to at least go back and... See see what's up there now. See what kind of artwork remains. You know, just for just for. I don't know if it's still abandoned. Yeah, it's abandoned. And like they probably have like uh, cameras up there all the time now. Cause they, sure, there's cameras everywhere. You can't do anything good anymore. I'm sure, that's a definite good thing from '77 and now. <laughs> no frigging camera. Perfect segue back. That is true, Nick. No, less of a surveillance state back in the day. Less of a surveillance state. Hell yeah, true. Should we get into your chart, Mike D? You have a very well-prepared chart. Here's one that's going to bring up some strong opinions. 1977, Brendan Byrne was governor. Republican, he was in office 74 to 82. Today, of course, Democratic Governor Phil Murphy assumed office in 2018. Was it John Keene after that from 82 to what? Tom Keene. Tom Keene. You had, had Keene, Florio, oh. Whitman, oh. Chrissy. 
and then you had McGreevy in there somewhere, right? Right. Mm. And Corzine took over for him after the scandal, right? Was it Corzine? Corzine went down too, didn't he? Like kind of. I forget what happened with Corzine. No, it was a. Well, he got into that bad no, accident. Corzine was elected. Who was the, uh, Cody? Cody was the interim governor. Governor after McGreevy resigned. Right. Didn't uh, like Cody sell out fucking West Orange? I don't even and know then the story with that. There was a whole thing. How do we feel about Brendan Byrne versus Phil Murphy? I'll tell you all I really, because I, I, I was born in 80. So 82, I wasn't really up on my state level politics. So my real, the real impact I have is the Brendan Byrne arena. That's most of what I know of Brendan Byrne. And there's a like state park too. Okay. So how do we, you think Murphy's going to get a state park someday? Uh, well, I don't know. I won't think of that. Be shocked if he didn't have a state park someday. What are we thinking? Whatever. He's got a state. He's got a new state park on his head. I'm. I'm glad that Jersey's more solidly blue. Personally, that matches my politics. I think it says a lot more about um, the types of Republicans that were that. That's true if too. you were a Republican, you were able to get elected in Jersey in like the '80s when it was like profoundly blue and probably way way more like you know blue collar unionized workers. But hey, listen, Christie got elected and our union backed him. So I think you're also talking about 74 to 82, right? That's like pre-Reagan Republican. So it was a very different thing than I think what we would recognize as as the Republican Party now. But I would have to, I, I think I'll throw my, my hat in with it's better now with Phil Murphy, specifically because I think New Jersey has a very prominent place on the national stage that we did not have in the 70s and 80s. Like, we're in the conversation. That's true. Hmm. That is true. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, whatever. We're, you didn't think we were in the conversation before? I think we're like, I don't know. I think we wield a lot of power in Washington based on like our representation. And that's always been the way it is. I think we do now more than we did in the 70s and 80s, though. Like, I think New Jersey is seen as a leader in a lot of things, even like science and healthcare. And I think, you know, the government making that easy for those places to do business here is a big part of that. Yeah, like New York is always seen as like kind of a launching ground for like a presidential uh, kind of like elections. And I don't know, I guess... Maybe Christie brought some notoriety for latching on to like Trump. That might have blown things out. I'll also say this too. Everybody's dancing around it. People are kind of down on Phil lately. People are down on Phil. I like Phil. I like his attitude. I think he's done overall pretty good. He got, he's got, we had the Rutgers strike. He immediately said, everybody come sit down in my office. You're sitting down in my office. We're throwing away the key, locking the door, getting it done. I like Phil. I don't know. His haircut, he's got, at some point he has to address that he had a completely different <laughs> hairline nine months ago. Outside of that, I got no problem with my friend and friend of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Phil Murphy. So I vote 23. I vote 23 when it comes to strength of governor. I'm with you. I vote 23. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a strong, okay. like influential, you know, loaded uh, ex-Wall Streeter and, you know, passing terrible laws in the past week or so to protect his crony friends from prosecution from things several years ago. That is true. I don't like that. That I, was I, pretty I've read that a lot of those laws. It, yeah, and the timing. And a lot of those laws are the ones New York is using to prosecute Trump right now. And I hear that Jersey, ba it, it, I've read that 
it took if, away if power Trump did like all that stuff, and all that if stuff. If Trump did the same stuff in Jersey, it wouldn't have been illegal at, at this point because of those laws. He said, it, it is, I, I'm, I'm, listen. That's a strange coincidence, don't you think? Before like listen, elections and everything else. Whatever. And I'll say this. I am a fan. Overall, I like Phil Murphy, but there he does walk the line in some ways that I am baffled by. For sure. Good Irishman. Gotta love him. Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is I don't know enough about Brendan Byrne uh, <laughs> to vote for anybody else. I'll say this. This next one, Mike, that you put on there, I think we, I know how we're all going to vote. Uh, in 1977, if you possess less than 25 grams, which was an ounce of marijuana, that's a disorderly person's offense. Six months in jail, fine of up to a hundred uh, of up to thousand bucks. Possession of more than an ounce, you go into jail for up to 18 months, $10,000 fine. Today, legal. I think I know how we're all voting on that. Am I correct? Is there anybody who wants to argue that it was better to have marijuana uh, illegal than legal? You can have a quarter pound of weed and be like driving around with it as long as you're not smoking it and no problems. That's true. You can just have it sitting on the passenger seat today? Like a quarter pound. Do they sell edibles in Jersey? Yeah. Have they so they sell that? everything. Oh, that's great. You can get concentrate, like wow. Do I need to get real into edibles? Should I be doing edibles? Would that chill me out? No. No, I bug out. No? You guys know me best. You guys remember me on substances. Don't do that because it's a big commitment. What's a big commitment? Every I find everybody's different when it comes to edibles. Like maybe if you took like a two milligram or something and feel it out. Yeah, I mean I would start low level. I wouldn't be sitting here drinking you know, chugging one of those weed sodas. But you never had a problem like like smoking a little weed, right? Uh, the first time I ever smoked weed, I did 13 <laughs> bong hits in a row and passed out. Can you guess who I was with? Hmm. Weren't you doing like a Indian ritual sweating in an attic kind of thing going on with that? That wasn't the first time. We oh. did also later do that. And it was not Native American rituals. It was a brief secret society that I could speak no more to. Hootie hoo. Anyway, I can't speak anymore to the alleged existence of a secret society in Mike's attic one summer. Which was weird because you were always telling us we should join your frat. And I was always like, frats aren't my thing. And then we just started a secret society in Mike's attic, which I look back on it. It effectively just was and a frat. It was just a, sh- a, a sh- hundred times frat. shittier frat. Like it was a frat in his... Mike Mike had like carte blanche to come and go at the house whatever he wanted. So it was like... You know, which I often any did. Anyone associated with Bonaduce could come and go as they wanted. But I used to stop by. Those pig yeah. roasts you staff, I used to come come stop by. We're like the only house you could be a dude, get in on Thursday night, drink beer all night, and have a great time. Yeah, I had some fun. The least hostile house at Rutgers, for sure. I had some fun over there. Believe me. Believe me. I think we can all agree the war on drugs was a disaster. It was stupid. The demonization of marijuana was a waste of everybody's time. We've all known it. Our generation has stood by it for years. And uh, being legalized is very good. Now, I hope that they figure out a way that it's not just these like conglomerates and people who can file corporate paperwork very efficiently, who can make money off of it. One thing we haven't spoken about on the show, I'm, I'm very, very excited that in the city of Newark, do you know who's opening a dispensary in Newark? I believe Raekwon the chef. Raekwon the chef, baby. Wu-Tang killer bees on the swarm. These are the people I need selling marijuana in New Jersey. Can I just say- The Shaolin's finest, the chef, man. There's an even more accessible underground market now that's like- cheaper and like just as high quality if not better being like so 
Like uh, you thought it would have like destroyed the black market, but it didn't. It actually made it stronger and it brought down weed costs for like, and made it like accessible. I see advertisements all over the place. They'll deliver it to your house. It's like, why is, why is that? Is the legal stuff just so highly taxed and you have to, and so spread out. There's only a handful of places to get it. Yeah. And it's like a pain in the ass. A lot of people don't want to like scan their license to go in there. Even if it's like legal to like buy, you know, like you literally go in there, slight, you know, scan your thing. And, um, it's some, like, there's usually like lines and, uh, they do have like good variety and stuff, but I find like, you know, that's coming out of like a mill. There's so many private growers that are doing like really high quality, like buds and making like, you know, extracts and stuff that, um, um, I don't, I'm still, you know, I'm still have that weird stigma of, you know, we're programmed to like. I'm, I've, have I been to a dispensary? Yes. Um, do I prefer to go there? No, it's like really expensive. But people like the security of knowing that this is like a documented product or whatever. And I have to imagine if it's still kind of a pain in the ass to get, if there's lines, if there's privacy issues, but then you also have people going, I'm fairly certain I'm not going to get in trouble for it anyway. That will lead to a black market that feels like a real service industry in a way that, oh, again, yeah. It's probably a good thing and probably will force the state and the dispensaries to figure out how to make it uh, an easier system to use. Overall, I think think it's a better thing because people were prosecuted and their lives were ruined for like employment based on like getting caught with a joint when they were 18, which is like, you know, terrible. Absolutely. 1977, New Jersey's population, 7.4 million. Today's population, 9.3 million. In your guys' lifetime, we've added 2 million people to this state. That's a pretty... Yeah, almost a quarter yeah. increase. It's wild. I wonder what areas have had the most growth. Definitely cities. Yeah. The, re- the, the redevelopment of like urban areas that had been like blown out. By the 70s, all those urban areas like Jersey City, Newark were like, you know, ter- they were, nobody was living there anymore. They are you know, blown out cities like Jersey City. My God. It's also the rapidly, over the last 30 years, 40 years in New Jersey, it's been rapidly expanding suburbanization. Yeah. So I looked this up and basically like the suburbs in North Jersey, like your, your Morris County, your Union County, your Middlesex County, like that was already pretty suburban and fairly dense. But what's happened is that whole like South Jersey, Philly suburb world has like greatly, greatly expanded. And all the suburbs in like central and Western Jersey have expanded as well. Like that's been a huge part of it is they've all just like doubled, tripled, quadrupled in size. Even places that you wouldn't expect like the... A few months ago, I had traveled up uh, Route 15, and it had probably been, I used to work up in Sparta, like that was where my office was for a while, and even driving up 15 and seeing the, the commercial development and then like, you know, um, residential development in areas where, you know, it's kind of a, like, it's a bitch to get down from there, depending on where you're working, you know, if you're, but a lot of people come down 15 every morning and then jump on 80, and then you get the Pennsylvania people that are moved out there. So places that were previously like, oh, I'm not going to live there. It's too far away. Now they went in there. They put developments and people, you know. I remember when I was working for Weird NJ, I used to, I used to, there was a store in New Hope, Pennsylvania, used to carry the magazine. And I used to drive down there, that beautiful drive. I I think it's maybe 206. I think it's 206 down there. 202 and 206 get tangled up for a minute. But where you go under the 4-H sign after Bridgewater, 
um, the railroad track with the 4-H thing painted over it, which is still there. And I remember going, it would just be farms as far as you could see in both directions. Now you drive down there, and that area starting around Bridgewater, you do see that. I used to feel like that was the mall and farmland. That was, to me, 20, 25 years ago. That's how I thought of it. And now I'm like, oh, there's whole entire... Subdivisions. Neighborhoods that have dropped out of the sky into those old farm fields. And I mean, like... Yeah, developments that must have 2,000 people living what used to be a farm that two people well, lived in. Like when we were talking about Burlington County, like you'll drive through there and I, I had been going across the state for like all last year until I was on this new job. And the big thing is the scourge of like the Amazon fucking warehouse. Yeah, everywhere. <laughs> and everybody has a signs up because they literally go in, do tilt up concrete, and then you have this scourge of like, like a million fucking vans coming out of there and like running, you know, it just, I get it. Like I understand distribution and stuff, but like you're at the point where like how many fucking warehouses can like you have? It's a mounting problem. People are calling it out more and more, but the question is what's better. What's better? 7 million and change or 9 million and change. 9 million and change means more people enjoying this beautiful state. Also, I'll also say too, one of the benefits too is a lot of immigrant communities that have a real foothold in New Jersey that I don't think were as strong in 1977. You certainly look at like uh, Middlesex County, the Indian population, all the food in Edison. Like that's a good thing. But then as far as it being sprawl and as far as it being something that's taking out farmland and root systems and things that protect the water, because every time you have a paved street, yeah. that means that the water is being sent. Well, that's not being sucked up by roots on its way into the waterway. So what's better, less people, which is probably a little better for nature and a little less dense or more people, which brings more people to the party, more diversity, more thought. This is the toughest one so far. So in regards to that, like what you'll notice and you'll see even like if somebody's building a new Wawa or, or whatever, a lot of the, the big thing, like you said, storm runoff, right? And there's these requirements for impervious surfaces for rain. So a major requirement now for even the subdivisions are that they have to allow a certain percentage of like area where they'll have detention ponds or basins that are designed to the water not run off, stay on that area and and re, you know, uh, go back into the ground, like naturally. So in that way, but the, 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 uh, stress on like water treatment plants, that's a major expense for communities for like, you know, you put in a hundred units. Well, everybody flushes their fucking toilet. Your shit's got to go down. It's got to be treated. And that is a tremendous cost burden for, for these communities and or counties. Like, and so people complain about, oh, I moved out here because the taxes are cheap. Well, okay, you don't have a standing fire department. It's volunteer. That saves you a ton of money. Um, your education is usually the most expensive, right? People gripe about that no matter what, but they want their kids to have education. But supporting your infrastructure, your storm and your streets, your sanitary, uh, you know, like what used to happen years ago? If you didn't have good sanitary, we start a plague, right? And, and I mean, to this day in Jersey City, when you go down there, like I used to have to pop manholes and get inverts to, to map the streets. And you go down there and the shit is filled to like the top of the brim. Like that's been a problem down there forever. Even with actual human waste? Yes. Well, and you've then, been in situations where you've been oh, yeah. underground and seen pipes? No, you're on the street and I'll pop a manhole on like Grand Ave and it's like... Pissing shit right the, up to the surface of the street? Like right up to like right underneath the And you've the seen this yourself. Oh, I I've had this. I won't even talk about like, like, I actually like, 
used to like we had a shit rod they used to level rod what and you have to you had a shit rod when you go in there for 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 engineering and they're going to redesign something or they have to document everything you have to shoot the streets Uh the curbs utilities one of the things are you have to like get the inverts on the pipes of the sanitary right so you can go over there and it could be five or six feet or even deeper um where you have to like get a measurement down and so we would keep like special rods that were like your shit rod right <laughs> and you would have to jam the shit rod down and then make a measurement from the top and that's an invert like those are things that have to be done so uh cities like hoboken and jersey city like for years had combined storm and sanitary so and the other thing is that people don't know when you're when you lose your sanitation treatment centers become inundated after a storm they are allowed to release that into the waterways so you know Everybody's like, oh, this is beautiful. We have all this development. But like, and that just doesn't happen in those communities. That happens everywhere. When you have these algae blooms along the Jersey Shore in in the summertime, it's usually uh, because of the massive amount of people that are coming in, uh, maybe a full moon and storm. And there's no other choice that you have to like discharge. And it's like a, it's an allowable thing that you're able to do because otherwise you're, everything It sounds like you're saying 77 a few less million people, probably less strain on the infrastructure and the environment. You're voting 77. No, well, I would say, I would say that there was, you probably had more ability to not have to incur the cost of treating waste and just directly pump it into like the river that you were near. So, um, but what are you voting? Which was better? The 77? I think it's better now because there's actual like, legislations and laws on the EPA and like the DEP of like of regulating that and trying to trying to put their best foot forward I love that it all just came down to tunnels of shit just (laughs) well you know it's the stuff that people don't think about it's real yeah Two million people taking shits every day, flushing their toilets every that, day. That, the big move to gas. Too much, like, how many gas lines we put into, like, uh, redistribution. Like, that's where I got attacked in Bordentown. We were doing... Um, what? Yeah, I got, like, attacked by the mayor of, of Bordentown. We were doing this... Um, by the mayor? <laughs> I haven't heard this story. This oh, is amazing. This is like, I, I you're told crushing this. this I told this, this previously. This stretch of the podcast, you're crushing. I don't remember this. Well, anyway, we go out there and... Oh, wait. This, yeah, you may, maybe they I They have do. these, like... They have the main lines run along, like, the turnpike, and there's there's liquid fuel running there. There's uh, gas, and there's, like, these 42-inch, like, gas lines. So you build a... every Everybody has gas now, right? The big push was, oh, there's all this gas flux. We have to be able to, like, have distribution. People have gas houses. Everybody wants gas and they think it's clean, right? But you still have to go and like tap off the main line and now you have these new distribution and these things have to be maintained and upgraded. And the more people there are, you have to be able to have a delivery system, right? So we're div- we're building this thing that is ultimately like a good thing. It's like, it's, it's something that's going to bring energy to people. Um, you know what I mean? Whether you're pro-gas or anti-gas, you know, natural gas, but something had to be done. And these people were like so up in arms about it. Like they would be like, I mean, we were given like a protocol. Like I had to go down these easements every day to get to like, you know, areas where I had the survey to do the layout, to clear the land. And I had permission. And like, I would have commonly had people like stand in my way and they're like, what are you going to do? I was like, well, I was like, I can't do anything. I was like, but if I'm walking, you get in my way. I'm like, I'm going to walk right by you. And then they'd be like, you assaulted me. I'm like, okay, call the police. So the police would come. There was people waving babies over the fence. Like that was in the news like that. The mayor down there got like arrested 
But you have to understand, like I'm, I was always amazed, even working for PSE and G and and doing the projects that I did, their reach out to the community and people that had been um, using land that wasn't theirs, they were very understanding about it and were accommodating. You know, like so there was a, it wasn't always bad. It's never like they're not going to come just like we're taking your land or we're going to make you tear this stuff down. Like, you know the the reality is you have to update these uh, distribution centers, like all your, um, uh, your substations that are all being updated, like PSNG actually invest in these things because they know everybody's going to have an electric car. They need to have this tremendous amount of like power available to them. It's the things that nobody thinks about. They don't want development. They don't want people doing construction, but like these are the realities of living in a civilized, like, world i mean the romans did it they built roads they had sanitary they had aqueducts like you know if you didn't have those things everybody got sick and died okay so you're voting today because the regulation though you are pointing out the severe strain mike d what do you think larger population smaller population nostalgic for a a, a less dense new jersey or enjoying what we have today i'm gonna go with the larger population because two million more people means the chances of 2 million more people doing interesting things. It's just a much higher chance of more interesting encounters happening in New Jersey. Like density means you meet more people and more strange and interesting things can happen. Plus there's also a a real movement to preserve open space and uh, like programs like green acres, preserve farmland, which encourage like, people who had big uh, pieces of land that they weren't using and being taxed on to be able to give it to the public and they'll be protected forever. Like those green acre programs are fantastic. I'm going to also say I'm, I'm right on the fence with this one. I just believe in people too much. And I think people are what to find this day. Although I will say it's not just the shit pipes. Nick's just broke down a lot of the infrastructure change. I'll also say 2 million more people. That means that many more people throwing fertilizer on their lawn, that many people tearing trees out of the ground for landscaping, 2 million people just putting these dents in the, uh, in the environmental side of things. So I am very wary of it. Although, People are the best, so I will say. So so far, twenty twenty three is stomping nineteen three and zero for twenty twenty three three and zero. But here's the next thing, Mike. You broke down nineteen seventy seven. Jersey was known for a strong manufacturing sector. Industries such as pharmaceuticals, chemicals, and automobiles were major drivers of the state's economy. Today, it's much more of a service based economy with industries such as finance, tech, and healthcare playing prominent roles. What do we think? I do think that I don't know the facts and figures. I am nostalgic. You know, you think back to manufacturing, there's more union jobs I have to feel back in the day. It's hard for me to get excited and go, woohoo, the pharmaceutical industry had a stronger foothold 40 years ago. That's, I don't know. My dad worked in pharmaceuticals, but that's an evil industry in, in some cases. I feel like it wasn't as evil back then. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, they were like, listen, I have, a, I have a friend who works for pharmaceuticals and his whole job is like government contracts, right? So what they did for years is petition for like government contracts are the fact that um, the government pays them full price as opposed to your insurance company goes out there and negotiates for the best price for whatever. But they get paid full price for those drugs. And that's something that like they petitioned for, for like a long time. So 
where the government could be getting a deal because their purchasing power is so large, they've created laws that they can get full price for their for their for their meds for anybody on Medicare and shit like that. Like that's kind of criminal, but that's big I business, mean, right? I mean, that's, it's just a constant. It's a whole industry that's just constantly spending money to figure out. It, almost like athletics of like what can we do right up to the letter of the law like right like you read about this thing of like okay so it's not steroids what are the substances that aren't banned yet let's get those in our athletes and that's like especially in the running world olympic running you hear about this that it's just this constant the, the fact that like uh, effort to get right pharmaceuticals same thing what's the fda saying now what's the epa saying now and how can we get right up to that line of fucking with it um and it's gross. It's gross. But I don't know. I don't know. I do feel nostalgia for the union jobs of the past. I think I might vote 77 on this one. I don't know how you guys are feeling. Mike D, how about you? I'm, I, I'm definitely going to vote 77. And here, this is my, my logic, is good manufacturing jobs were, and, and still are, like that is skilled lifetime labor and when you actually physically make something in a place you're rooted to that place and more of that money stays in that place the problem with service industry jobs like finance and especially i know working in technology for a long time they're decentralized you those jobs are disposable they go up and down with the economy and they also because those companies are so decentralized that money does not like support and go into the local economy. If you work a service job at, you know, some call center in New Jersey, like that money is not getting filtered back into New Jersey. Whereas if you were putting together, you know, cars at a plant in Elizabeth, like all that stuff, like the trucking, all the industries leading up to it stay localized. So I think, but we were probably in a better place, like as far as like the benefit for like the average person in New Jersey when we had more of a manufacturing based economy. I'm I gotta say two things. Like one, I'm amazed that a lot of the pharmaceutical companies are still based here, right? The other thing is, I've had a couple like really interesting conversations, like uh, with you know just sitting there having a beer or whatever. We start talking. And two, several people, one was like this half Greek guy, we hit it off, I started talking. And they both were manufacturing things in the United States. One was like this specialized thing that every single potato chip slash bag making company uses these like specific kinds of like scissors that go onto their machines, right? And the other guy did like um, specialized bearings and stuff like that. And their biggest complaint was like, my company's been in Jersey, I want to stay here, but the state makes it extremely difficult and and cost prohibitive as far as like taxation for for staying here in manufacturing. Where like he's like, listen, could I go to like somewhere down south and you know do this? But the other problem is, even at this day and age, like he they both said the same thing. We'll bring people in. It's usually word of mouth to somebody else that like might have the aptitude to be able to, uh, you know, perform the job. But like finding skilled labor, they're they're niche things. Like there aren't machinists anymore. Everybody does like CNC like machining with a computer program. Is that a skill? Of course it is. 
but the state is not friendly to like business. You like it's hard to have a business in Jersey and and not like take it hard. You know? I I disagree with that specifically. It's not it is hard to have a business in New Jersey. It's just that a lot of many other states are completely bought and sold by corporations and companies and let them do anything. Like companies should be highly taxed. That's how they were highly taxed until the early eighties. And that's how they should be. Like companies should be highly taxed. Like, well, you let the, you I, let these, you let these corporations uh, dictate. Yeah, you let, exactly. You let them set state policy. That's why you have all these different states that are nothing but, Amazon warehouses, right? That are nothing but. We well, like, gave the power then the people, the power of the people. They should serve the people. We are their right. consumers, and, right? And that's the inverse of when people say New Jersey's a hard state to do business in. It's not. We just haven't folded it to like every special economic interest, right? And I would say in some sectors, like we are very friendly to business, like film. We're super friendly to the film. Oh, and now we're getting friendlier. Catering. Yeah, Get, yeah. Getting friendlier, man. Build, they're turning that military base down the shore into a big Netflix oh, studio. And, and Bayonne, too, right? Isn't that the other... Bayonne's going to get one. Uh, I think Nork is getting a new studio. You know, they're talking about turning a section of the old Edison factories in West Orange into a movie studio that Whoopi Goldberg's going to own. I sit here, I go, maybe this will lead to more acting jobs for your old buddy Gethard. Maybe old Gethard be a local hire out this way. Have them write that into the tax break that they have to hire you for a certain a, a local a local Jersey guy for a certain number of roles. Chris, this is what I would shoot for. What would you shoot for? Okay, when we were growing up our entire lives in West Orange, there was the one guy who always played Edison, right? <laughs> I can't be that guy. Come on. I think Listen, I have to learn Morse code and all this shit. Tap on kids' hands. No, no. He, like, the, I think by the end he was like senile, and like he was almost like he used to like live in Glenmont. Yes, in no, he used to live in the factory because every time I would go to the factory, that was that time I got caught. You're telling me the guy who impersonated Thomas Edison, they made him live in that old factory. I don't think he lived in there, but I think because he was like pretty much like the persona of like Edison in West Orange, that like he could basically go wherever. I, there's that little staircase in his office if you ever go back to the museum there. And like on several occasions, I saw him coming down from there. So, like, what the hell is going on over there? I would love to find out that the guy who used to impersonate Thomas Edison had no place else to go, so they let him live in the National Historic Site. He was probably living in the Llewellyn yeah, Hotel. that sounds about more right. That sounds about more right. All right, 77 wins that one. Most popular... I don't even know how you found this, Mike T. And this is barely... This is not even related to New Jersey. This is just lifestyle. Um, popular drinks for kids back then. Milk. Can you imagine drinking an entire glass of milk today voluntarily? Absolutely. I shit my pants. Yeah. Oh my goodness, my stomach for days. Fruit juice, including uh, orange, apple, and grape, plus things like high C, mm. soda, Kool-Aid, chocolate milk. Most popular drinks for kids today. Water, milk, actual fruit juice, smoothies, and natural herb teas. Fuck that shit. Dude, the 70s. It's, it's very telling that... In the seventies, water doesn't even make the list. No. And when I was when I was looking this up, what used to be considered juice in the seventies, I think it just had to have ten percent actual fruit juice in it, and the rest could be whatever sugar and chemicals. Oh, Whereas now, for it to be considered juice, it has to actually be juice. McDonald's juice. orange drink, which right, oh. I think was orange high C. Dude, you get the double oh. cheeseburger meal with that orange drink. 
fuck yeah. That was, I'd get the two cheeseburger meal with the orange drink. That's what I just said. The two cheeseburgers. Well, there's a there is a double now. But oh, I don't mean the double stack. I mean two cheeseburgers. That was the best. Fries, orange drink. <laughs> Free Ronald McDonald's Grimace hand puppet came with that. Oh great. my goodness. You can pull your own poop out of the toilet. 70s making a comeback. Places you could smoke in the 70s. Restaurants, bars, and lounges. Offices and workplaces. Public transportation. Public transportation. Public buildings like library. You could just smoke on the NJ Transit train. (laughs) Smoke in the library. And government offices, including the DMV. Where can you smoke today? Nowhere. I vote today. I don't. I, the amount of time I spent in a cloud of fucking smoke. The only place I think you guys might disagree, but I don't disagree. But I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's appropriate. And whatever you go ahead, Mike James. No, I don't either. But I will say, I there is a part of me that loves the idea that people could smoke on the train and especially the DMV. I think we should maybe grandfather in that smoking is allowed at the DMV. <laughs> Yeah, Having just been there, I feel case. like I want it. I wanted to start smoking again. After <laughs> you guys imagine the DMV. <laughs> I've told you guys this story when I I was in Hong Kong for work and I was transiting. I was going, and then I was flying back from Hong Kong to the U.S. And I went by the the smoking lounge in the Hong Kong airport. And I have never seen anything like this in my life without the slightest bit of hyperbole. There were several thousand people crammed into this fairly small room with their children and babies. And everyone was smoking at a minimum of one cigarette. And many people had two to three cigarettes lit at once and were just like going back and forth and smoking them. I could not believe it. Could you imagine what's in a fucking Chinese cigarette? <laughs> Old tires. Kind of like wood chips, arsenic, and like... I think it's better in 2023 that smoking is not allowed, but I do find something very amusing that this was just like the way... Like, I remember when you could smoke on airplanes, definitely. Here, Here's a good... You know, my dad was like a pretty peaceful person, and he loved to smoke cigarettes. The only time I ever thought thought my father was going to like do something violent towards another person was at like starlight pizza in west orange and this guy was blowing a cigarette over his shoulder at my dad's face so then like my dad's like you know i'm eating here with my kids and like he said f you and i was like for the first time ever but that was gross i think after two o'clock in the morning you should be able to drink coffee eat disco fries and smoke cigarettes so are you saying it was better when we could smoke? Are you voting 77 was better when public smoking was rampant? I think that you could emplace certain things like time restrictions because they, you know, they'd split a restaurant, have smoking, have non-smoking. Not that it meant anything. but It didn't work too well. <laughs> there's something about the smell of a smoky diner with coffee and greasy french fries that's like very like appealing. And bowling alleys. You should be able to smoke in bowling alleys. I bet people still smoke in bowling alleys. Cops aren't checking. Well, they all vape. They all vape now. But you remember when you like you would go into a bar and it would be like you're literally four feet of like your head would be like oh, you come awful. home. Whatever you were wearing awful. at the bar, you would have to like throw out. You'd have to burn. That was like pre Febreze era. Let's talk about fashion. Obviously seventies fashion. There's a lot of uh, disco affected fashion. There was Mike D has listed feathered hair, bell bottoms, uh, disco, denim, polyester, wide collars versus today, natural textures, bob haircuts, bold colors, athleisure wear, 
Um, I, I think the 70s win over today, personally. Oh, no question. Absolutely. I mean, the, the 70s had flavor. 1977, like, first of all, wide collars, amazing. Tube socks. Polyester, I could take or leave. Tube socks, great. But disco fashion, I'm all for that. Like, <laughs> sequined tight guinea tee, like, that's a great, great thing. Uh, bell bottoms, not not a bad look. I'd be okay with that. Shaggy hair, feathered hair, so much better than what we have now. Definitely like uh, low cut shirts with either your gold chain and hairy chest coming out, or uh, being able to get side boobage. Yeah, big fan. Plush inside. Now everyone dresses like a, you know, dresses like they just rolled out of bed and can't even be bothered to, to yeah. be properly attired when they leave. The if house. you wear sweatpants out of your house and you're not going to like the gym or going to get bagels on Sunday. I'd take a pair of sweatpants. It's much worse now. People wear things that are even worse than sweatpants, I think. What's worse than sweatpants? I just have this thing about people wearing sweatpants. Out. I mean, people just wear workout clothes out and around town. Like they're not, when they're not working out, right? And and I would say- Well, yeah, everybody's wearing like, uh, what are those? The girl pants, the yoga pants. And the, you know they don't do yoga. When people wear like tight jeans- People like wear tight jeans okay. that shouldn't wear tight jeans. Or just in general. Like, when did that become? Dudes wear tight jeans to like construction sites. I'm like, what the fuck are you wearing? I'm like, I'm no, I'm no fashion slave. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm blue jean Nick. You give me a black t-shirt, blue jeans, and a pair of Docs. That's about the limit of my, you know, wardrobe these days. No, I dress like a. a 70 year old grandfather but at least i look turned down um i want to point one thing out that i think is a major plus for 1977 it is the year that the misfits came to be i just looked it up the misfits first played shows in 1977 that's a big bonus we don't have anybody going right now making a splash the way the misfits made a splash but I'll tell you what, though, was also in a in an era of healing post Vietnam War. Like people had been like sucked into this this terrible war for years, and like the seventies and disco like was a time for you know what I mean. People people wanted to be like happy again. There was people were more liberated, even though the sixties and whatever you could be whatever you wanted to be. I think in the, by the late seventies and. People wanted to do cocaine and dance. Fair. Yeah, but I think that was that was part of that was yeah, well that was part of like people were sick of like worrying about the war for years and like people wanted to turn their brains off and fucking dance. Yeah. Snort a bunch of stuff right into their Listen, brain. Listen, I dance, I dance like a maniac now. I know you do. And I think it's the best thing for you. There, there were people that didn't shave or get a haircut for an entire decade in the 70s. And that's kind of an admirable thing. I could have had cool hair in the 70s. So I could have had like a, a big Greek fro. I got, listen, right now, look what I'm wearing. I started rocking a gold chain. Oh, yeah. And this. And I wear the short one so you can see it. Looking good. Well, this summer I'm going to be wearing like, you know. Like the Cuban shirt. What are you talking about? You're gonna wear Cuban shirts in the summer? Well, I'm all I'm all about like you know, I'm gonna rock. I'm gonna perpetuate my chest hair, my Greek chest hair. This you summer. are. I think. Uh, I'm yeah. Fully embrace it. 
Yeah. What shore? And I'm still. What shore should we all hit up? I feel like we should figure out a, a section of the Jersey Shore and lay claim to it right now. What should be the New Jersey is the world official beach of this summer season? Well, what are you looking for? Long Branch. Why Long Branch? I'll go with it, just based on gut instinct. <laughs> because it's close to where I live. There you go. And it's not. And it doesn't have. It doesn't have a defined identity. Seven presidents. Wait, what's seven presidents? It's a it's a park in Monmouth County that's like has a great beach, facilities, little parks for kids. It also has a skate park, basketball, uh, basketball courts. Like a like you can a skate park there, so you can go there for the day with your family. You like have this great beach that's maintained. There's rangers there. There's like park trails with interpretation. And you're still like not far from everything. Great parking. Seven Presidents Oceanfront Park. It's in Long Branch. Check it out. Monmouth County. Monmouth County has some great. Parks. We need to maybe take over this park. Maybe this needs to become the park where we all hang out all summer long. That's a hidden. I'm telling you, it's a hidden gem. You can also get like uh, I think kayaks and stuff there. There's all kinds of like. Uh, oh, and you're right near the windmill. Uh, great things, huh? There's also Strollo's right across the street, which is like, you guys never had the Italian ice there. Strollo's Lighthouse and ice cream. Oh, dude. They have the weirdest flavors. The windmill, good. Amy's Omelet House. That's a good windmill, too. Remember how I, I hated windmills for a while? Yeah. <laughs> I started, like, they just got bought, but, like, I started going to windmills again. And there's one in Belmar where the guy who cooks on the grill there is absolutely fantastic. I had the best hot dog the other day. Really? Yes. Really? There's a whole thing down there. Maybe that needs to become our official hangout this summer. Seven Presidents Oceanfront Park. And also, we should do an excursion down to Island Beach State Park. You bring the kids, you know what yeah, I mean? I'm into it. They got bathrooms. They got showers. You can walk. You know what I mean? Like, what else do you need? You don't have to be like, you know. Those bathrooms run. <laughs> well, you don't have to go out. You don't have to go out and uh, chum the waters. You know what I mean? Do they run directly to the ocean, those bathrooms? They do. There's a tube. Don't swim near the uh, outlet. Lawn darts were legal in 1977. How do we feel about this? Good. Is that better or worse? No, oh, do you want me I to, knew you were going to be pro. I wrote a darts. whole essay about. What's that, Mike D? You did you see my lawn dart? I wrote a whole essay about lawn darts at the end of this. Is it AI? Did you write that? Yes. <laughs> um, look, look at the end of our. Doesn't involve diarrhea and lawn shared darts. Shared document. And you will find that I wrote an entire history of lawn darts because as a coda to this, because I thought that it would come up. <laughs> is this like, is it an ode? We need Carson to write an ode to lawn darts. Lawn darts. Or a long, lawn dart haiku. Lawn darts. Also known as jarts or yard darts. Call them yard darts. Hmm. Popular at Jarts. Oh, I have, this is the best. I have ghetto lawn darts. What's that mean? So I had these really like long, heavy dock spikes that I used for work to like pound things into the ground. But then I have these uh, like plastic whiskers that are on the end. So you actually snap this thing onto the dock spike on the side. It's metal and it clasps onto it. So when you grab it by the whiskers, you can actually wing it up in the air like a lawn dart. And then like, and then it comes down and like it'll go tip first because it's heavy. So I do have a ghetto version of lawn darts for us to play. I got a question, and I'm being serious about it. If they're not going to ban assault rifles, how the fuck are they banning lawn darts? Lawn darts. Like, lawn darts 
couple kids got hit by lawn darts. It was really sad. People were like, we shouldn't have these anymore. And everybody's like, yeah, this is probably for the best. There's like a few goombas who were like, hey. But by and large, we're all like, no, this is insane. We shouldn't have these. What, what blew my mind about the lawn dart story was- It's pretty logical. <clears throat> lawn darts weren't banned until 1988. I, I remember this was much earlier. We had them. I feel having them after that. I remember having them in my garage. Like I'm not shocked to hear that because we had Whoa. them. We never used them. We knew they were fucked up, but my parents owned them. Well, no, because don't you? People from the government came to our house and tried to take our lawn darts, so we fought them off with lawn darts <laughs> yeah. because we weren't going to let our lawn darts get taken away by the man. You know, if you, if you right didn't throw your lawn dart in the air because of that weight, if you threw it overhand, it was almost like a, because the weight would oh. shift back. It, oh, it's County happening. My- it's happening. Whoa. Dude, your kid's going to wake up, man. Oh, shit. Look at that. He's out. So, Gethard. Oh. As anyone can hear, there's a loud siren going off. Sounds like a fire. Gethard has leapt up from the recording of the podcast. That's the first time. He's changing into something that looks like a Spider-Man, a karate gi or a Spider-Man outfit. We can't tell. And he's gone. Yo, that was that was all business, Gath, man. Less than thirty seconds. Yeah, I want him working in my town. People of Morris County, if you're, you should be proud. If you're in trouble tonight. <laughs> Chris Gethard is on the case, man. I heard he's running the jaws of life tonight. So <laughs> he's running, he's running. Hopefully, no one got hit with a lawn dart. You know what was happening down here? The whole ride down, I kept on getting his notices. Uh, it's big. Uh, they did prescribe burns, but now because I think it was so dry and hot, like. People won't throw on cigarettes out the window, so there's all these brush fires all over. And even when I came down to Tuckerton tonight, there was like the forest fire service was running out west on 539. And and I think Brick also had a big uh, brush fire uh, in the past 24 hours, too. Well, here's to all the rescuers in our state that do the, do the right thing. Don't get paid the for first it. First responders. First res- like, especially volunteer. Like, you know, Chris is a good guy. My town has a volunteer fire department. Yeah. He just leapt up to go deal with who knows what, you know? Yeah. And, you know, most of the time, like, even when I lived in Waretown, all the people who are first responders are like guys who work for the town. They don't make a ton of money. Like, believe me, they fucking shaft them every chance they can because they're town employees. So they put them down to like 32 hours. So they don't have to fucking pay in benefits. And then these are the fucking poor guys. They might be doing whatever they're doing in town, and then there's a fire. And when you're at work making more money than them, they go over there and... and right, take care of. You know, save... Yeah. So, I mean, listen. I should have been a, like, real firefighter. That would have been fucking awesome. Was that three days on, four days off? Fucking good gig. Fuck that one up. Mike, would, uh, if you were going to be a first responder now, now that you're in top physical, like, what what would you want to do? Would you be like an auxiliary uh, police officer? I don't think I'd be good at being a a police officer. I'm not great at like telling people what to do. I think I I'd I'd probably be like a like a paramedic or an EMT. Like you know, I'm yeah. pretty helpful. I'm not really bothered by like. <laughs> carnage for whatever reason like i'm not very squeamish i think i do okay with that i was a boy scout i had to do all that crap anyway hey by the way i had a friend bring me um 
This is West Virginia moonshine, and it is probably <laughs> it's a uh, it's peach. It's probably the best moonshine I've ever had. Huh? It's like actual moonshine. Actual moonshine, straight from uh, West Virginia. Wow. And also, it's one of the greatest words in the English language, too. Moonshine. Yeah. <laughs> you, you drink it and the moon shines. <laughs> you drink it and you hope you don't go fucking blind. Actually, I can also get jugs of uh, full gallon jugs for 65, but that's like the shit that you got to cut or you'll, you will go blind. <laughs> you pour it in your car. Like there's still a marker for that. You can go out and buy like Everclear. It's like the same thing. At least you know it's they still sell Everclear. Like, yeah, they remember they used to not sell it in Jersey. Yeah, and now they do. Oh, good. Another improvement from 1977 is you yeah. can now buy grain alcohol easily in New Jersey. That and do you remember like all of our Polish friends used to drink uh, Spiritus? I actually saw that in the store. Huh. Then I was told by one of the uh, one of my Polish friends' uh, uh, parents that they saw us drinking it. They're like. It's like, what are you doing? We're like, oh, we know it's like Polish liquor. They're like, the only thing we used that for was like, that was what they used for like alcohol if you had a wound. They're like, nobody actually ever drank that in Poland. <laughs> that and I uh, ran into a bunch of absinthe bringers. But anyway, what else is on the list, Mike D? What else can we uh, comprehensively talk about? Well, or should we just take over you- and go into fucking complete chaos? I can tell this might set us off because I can tell you that in 1977 in New Jersey, the most popular TV shows were Happy Days, Charlie's Angels, Ooh. and All in the Family. In 2023, those most popular shows are Emily in Paris, The Mandalorian, oh. Kaleidoscope, and The Last of Us. Oh, I like Last of Us and Mandalorian. I don't know the other ones. And we grew up on 70s TV. How was Three's Company not on that list? Three's Company, Good Times, All in the Family. Well, these are just, I just pulled like the top three or four. Different the strokes. lists were, were very long. What was the other one? Uh, Charlie's Angels. Charlie's, wait, I think that like, dude. Yeah. Who didn't like Charlie's Angels? I think this 1977 far outstrips. Uh, like badass like chicks that like. Good show. To kick ass. Better than uh And then like ma- manipulate dudes with like their good looks and then kick their asses. Much better than Emily in Paris. I don't even know what that is. Is that any good? I, I've never seen it, actually. I, no, I, I've seen The Mandalorian, but I've not seen any of those oh. other shows. I'm heavily into The Mandalorian now. And The Last of Us I liked really good, too. And I, I didn't even know there was a video game. Well, this is kind of interesting. The, the top radio shows for New Jersey... In 1977, where America's Top 40 with Casey Kasem oh, and every Sunday, right? Cousin Cousin Brucey's Palisades Park Reunion. Cousin Brucey, cousin Brucey, cousin Hey, cousins. Cousin Brucey used to like uh, live in the same building as my parents up on uh, Sutton Place. Did he call them cousin? No, he was like super, like just like a super cool dude. And he always had great hair pieces. Could afford them with that. Yeah. Uh, with the Palisades Park reunion every week being the most popular radio show. Uh, wow. But Kate, like, you know, the, the top 40 on Sundays was like the thing. 
our, our top fast food restaurants. No big surprises here, but in 77, McDonald's, Burger King, KFC, Wendy's, Roy Rogers. Wow. And in 2023, yeah, it's... It's McDonald's. I'm surprised Roy's wasn't higher. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was never just never had the volume of the other of the other fast food restaurants. Or it was like regional, maybe. Well, this is New Jersey we're talking about, so it's very popular here. That's true. And then now in Jersey, 2023, McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, Subway, what? Dunkin' Donuts, and Chick Fil A. Fucking Subway. Yeah, that's up there. I figured it'd be like Jersey Mike's or something for bad subs. Nope, Subway. People love their Subway. I don't know why, but they do. That's terrible. That's like a desperation like lunch option. Yeah, if there's nothing else. You know what I had the other day? And like, uh, I haven't like had food food poisoning in a long time. <laughs> and <laughs> a way back burger. Have you ever had heard of that chain? No. What is it? Oh my god! It like. I've eaten there before. It's just like a great burger. I got in a jam, like whatever. I ate it. I'm driving home. I'm like, I was like, is this going to be an OPD episode? Like, I don't know. Like, I didn't, I just felt the rumbling and I'm like, what's wrong with me? Like, I just don't like feel right. Like it tasted good, you know, everything like that. And then all of a sudden, like I'm literally sitting in traffic on a turnpike between like 15 X. And I think I got to like, I got to like 13A, like Newark Airport. And I'm like, all right, I'm the guy puking out my window on a fucking Friday. Oh, yeah. That bad. Like it was, it was the weirdest thing ever. Like my, like, thank God it didn't like pass any further. Like my, like whatever fail safe I have in my, in my small stomach, like purged it out. But like, I don't even, um, I'm surprised, like, I guess Shake Shack's not everywhere. It's just on the parkway. But Mickey D's still big now or no? Yeah, that was the biggest one still. The most popular. Yeah. Wendy's is hit or miss. And then the uh, overall food we can we can close with, which is... <clears throat> it's, it, it, this is funny. This is identical from 77 to 2023. Most popular food in New Jersey... Pizza. Oh, definitely. Not second most popular sub sandwiches. Okay. Not a surprise. Right. Third most popular su- surprised me, but makes sense. Seafood. We are an ocean, ocean bordering state. That's true. I wonder if it's a specific. Yeah. I think probably back in the seventies, people ate more, um, like whole fish, not necessarily. Uh, Shellfish. I'm a shellfish guy, but that's just me. More fillet, more fillet of fish, more, more tuna. Oh my god! Well, whatever fillet uh, of fish was. Followed by Italian cuisine, diners, steaks, and chops. Mm. But both no change from '77 to 2023. So that one's a draw. I bet you the diners dropped uh, off though. I think diner diners were superior back then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're towards the bottom of the list. COVID affected that. Yeah. Oh, I think COVID closed a lot of diners, definitely. Yeah, and definitely made reduced a lot, their hours. Like, yeah, in a lot of cases, they got worse. Yeah. Kiss of death for any diner is to be uh, um, renovated. Yes, with the exception of Topps Diner. But the drawback with Topps is that it's no longer 24 hours. Right. It is beautiful. but the And the food is still as good as it was. 
Oh man, Fat Nick used to love the Superman breakfast. Like a fucking house that shit. <laughs> the Superman breakfast. You've got two of like everything. Bacon. Two of everything. Gigantic pancakes and or substitute French toast. Sausage links. Home fries. A gallon of coffee. And they had a liquor license, which was good too. Yeah, and I think they have a, a Moet champagne vending machine. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Which is weird, but yeah. interesting. That's like the Cake uh, Boss uh, vending machine. Like, Yeah, I've seen those what at the fuck's rest stops. Like cake Boss. Like, cake out of a vending machine, yeah. Like, oh, guys, it's Cake Boss. Like, from TV, we've got to get a slice. Out of the, maybe he'll come up and fill the vending machine while we're here. Well, it was like the story where he got like pulled over. He's like, you can't arrest me. He's like all wasted. He's like, I'm the fucking cake boss or some shit like that. <laughs> they probably let him go. I don't know. They locked up Bruce Springsteen. I don't think they're letting the fucking cake boss go. True. They did. That's true. They did lock up Bruce. Plus that bakery wasn't that good either. I don't think I've ever had it. I'm not a not a big sweets guy. Uh, we had to like go down there and like bring some sort of like relative from out of state because they wanted to go to Hoboken. I was like, all right, get ready to fucking stand online for twelve hours. Go to fucking Fiori's and get a a roast beef sandwich on fucking Thursday or Italian tuna on Friday. What's next, Mike? Do line them up. Uh, the, the last one we've got is books. The uh. The top books in 1977 were Roots, Alex Haley, The Thorn Birds, Colleen McCullough, The Cimmerillion by Tolkien, Trinity by Leon Uris, and The Shining by Stephen King. Uh, all of those books still pretty popular to one degree or another. A couple like legitimate canon classics now. And then in, in 2023, it's a bunch of books I've honestly never heard of. Fire <laughs> and the Sun. Um, I know who Ish- Ishiguro is, but The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna, don't know it. The Sanatorium by Sarah Pierce, don't know it. And The Push by Ashley O'Drain. Uh, don't know any of those <laughs> books. So I'm going to. What's that like based on? Like purchases, like through. Yeah, like volume, number of books sold in the state. Um, is there like a common subject matter or seems like no i mean they're all all over the place right like on both lists right you've got um trinity right leon Uris, that's a historical novel like obviously the shining is a horror novel the silmarillion is like the prequel to the hobbit and the lord of the rings uh the Thornbirds is kind of like a weird creepy family novel it's like hard to explain and then roots you know is like a basically like a history of a family from slavery to the the present day. Okay. So here's a good one. This is probably a no brainer. Organized crime in New Jersey in 77. Way better than way better. More style, more street, more more street level took, took care of the neighborhoods better than they do now. Yeah. I don't think they have any involvement anymore. They all like went legit. Yeah, they all own a concrete company <laughs> and trucking company. They know how to, like, you know, legitimately skim now. Cops, better then or now? Huh, that's tough. More of a sense of community. Probably more likely to 
give you a beating in the seventies and let you go and then run you through the system. True. So, right. So I think there's that, but also like, also probably pretty renegade as well in the seventies. Like, I don't think there was much oversight there. Yeah. Yeah. What else? So I'm thinking like, I don't know. Baseball was good in the seventies. Well, as if you were a Yankee fan, definitely. Yeah, exactly. Our buddy. Yeah, if you were if you were Rick Cerrone, it was a great era. I think it's still good if you're Rick Cerrone. Oh yeah, it's always good if you're Rick Cerrone. We definitely got to use the Rick Cerrone, uh, Joe D. Like get that whole crew. I think that we could like hang with them and hold our own with the jabronis. It's possible. Yeah, we could be like uh, you know. You kind of like sit there, listen to stories and, you know, absorb. All right. What else you got, Mike? My, that's it for my list, man. Oh, that man. was the list. Okay. Uh, what's the other thing? We didn't have a great adventure then. You had uh action park didn't exist yet by 77. Yeah. Jungle habitat. Oh, jungle habitat was notoriously terrible, but has been uh, revitalized. And you just finished a what, half marathon there? Yeah. Yep. And that's half cool. marathon at jungle, at jungle Habitat. And also popular for a lunar fair destination. Oh, is it really? Yeah, they do lunar fair up huh. there. That makes sense. We're going up there, the girls want us to come up. They want us to do something. Or is it just going to be Bonaduce again? Depends on the night of the week. Carson, you're coming with me. I'm coming to Newark. I'm picking your ass up. We're driving up to the fucking boonies. Carson, 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 is there anybody out there? Also, I'm going to use this as an opportunity. You can either edit this out or not. Um, I've been on Instagram and like telling people that you can get stickers, but there's a catch. Two things. One, you have to leave a message on the voicemail. And number two is you have to send me your home address and there's risk associated with that as Carson knows because I will show up at your house and crash there, but it's worth it. So if you want a Bonaduce on your couch, send me uh, send me your address. I'll send you stickers and then also reach out because I'm doing a side, uh, a side show on the side where if you're a listener, you love New Jersey or you love something about your town or something that specifically touches you about Jersey. I'm going to come to you and I want you to like, show me what you love. So I just recently went to a devil's Rangers game with our friend, John of the show. Um, I don't have any fear about that. I try to get the other guys to come with me. If they'll come with me, maybe Mike D I can coerce him, but uh, I have no fear of being clubbed and locked in your basement. But um, if you're interested, <laughs> Reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Bonaduce77, and uh, I'd love to talk to you and hear everything that you love about New Jersey that you want to show. You can bring me to like food places. You can take me to a bar. You can show me a rock in your town, or you know, a lake, or <laughs> whatever. Or it doesn't have to be your town. It could be like just something that you love about Jersey, right? That's the way we do it. That's how we roll. So if you're ready for the full Bonaduce experience, reach out to me. 
It's Bonaduce seventy seven on Instagram. All right, ladies and gents, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry for <laughs> for I ramble anymore. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. We'll update you on the status of Chris, who is out saving the people of Morris County. Uh, we have a website, NewJerseyTheWorld.com. Uh, we have a phone number, which I can't remember. Where you can leave oh, voicemails, but it's on the it's on the website. So check that out. Yeah. Leave us a voicemail. And thank you, as always, for listening. Mike D. and Bonaduce, out. Peace. Thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the World is Chris Gethard, Nikki Bonaduce, Don Finelli, Andrea Quinn, Carson Kopp, and Mike D. New Jersey is the World is produced and edited by Carson Kopp, Mike D., and Andrea Quinn. You can find us online at New Jersey is the World and on Instagram at New Jersey is the World. Also, please feel free to reach out and leave us a voicemail by contacting the home office of New Jersey is the World at 973-780-4660 in regards to anything show or New Jersey related. Please subscribe and listen to more episodes of New Jersey is the World on your favorite podcast service. If you're looking to join our extremely opinionated and Jersey-ish community, head on over to Patreon.com and search for New Jersey is the World. We have merch, which you can find at BelowTheCollar.com after searching for Chris Gethard. Once again, thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the World, where New Jersey is the World.